superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Taste some of this. This, this, OMG, is The Rich Eisen Show. No other way to put it. With guest host, Brian Weber. Oh my gosh. Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I'm not talking to you. I talk to anybody out there, the haters. Rich Eisen. I talk to the haters right now. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Brian Weber. It is the final hour of the program. Still plenty of time for you to get involved. 844-204-7424. But you're on the clock because in 40 minutes, we'll bring in our third and final guest. Talking baseball with Joe Sheen of the Joe Sheen Baseball Newsletter. A conversation that seems even more timely. I'll tell you why. Coming up, you can also find your way on social media. I'm on the gram. I'm on the X machine. No threads. I think threads was a thing that lasted about 48 hours. It is B.W. Weber. Weber with two B's. Nothing but NFL to start this last hour of the show. Coming up, we'll talk NFC East. Then we'll spill over into our takeaways from college football as related to NFL stars in the making. Coming up in 20 minutes. But I mentioned there is breaking news in Major League Baseball. And it happened just prior to our conversation with Pete Futek of collegefootballnews.com to conclude the second hour of the program. It is TMZ reporting, and however you view how they gain their information, you cannot in any way criticize their results. TMZ rarely has to come out with a retraction. They get the information, and they break many stories TMC, the first to report the Dodgers pitcher, Julio Urias, was arrested last night on charges of felony domestic violence. Now, if you know anything about Julio, he had the incident in 2019 at a mall here in Southern California. As I come to you from our Regal Studios in Los Angeles, that was also a accusation of domestic violence. However, he was not charged. This time he's charged. It's a felony count of domestic violence. That's all we know. I will ask Joe in 40 minutes from a standpoint of a looming suspension, because if we're talking felonies, rightfully so, you forfeit your right to play Major League Baseball. So understanding the Dodgers and how that organization operates, especially coming off the Trevor Bauer situation recently, I think the Dodgers will step in first. He'll be suspended immediately as they gain more information. If they don't, baseball gets involved. 
just from a standpoint of on-the-field matters, what would the impact be for a Dodger team already struggling on the mount? Although, and I'm being very forthright here, in no way am I minimizing this arrest nor the charges, but this is a sports program, and we're here to talk about how things translate to the field of play. The Dodgers, coincidentally, got some good pitching news yesterday because Walker Bueller's been gone for a long time. In fact, I looked it up. First game action in 450 days. Coming back from a second Tommy John procedure. He was on the mound for a couple innings yesterday playing for the AAA affiliate Oklahoma City. Still got to see more from him with these rehab starts, but... That is significant news, and we'll talk about the baseball implications coming up now in less than 40 minutes as we wrap up the program with Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter and JoeSheehan.com. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich. If you want to have the conversation after the program, should be clear by now. I have an abundance of free time based on these arcane references, so while I am multitasking and watching a holiday edition of the Rockford Files, because you never know what Angel is going to get Jimmy into. We can interact if you want after the show. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. You can't go wrong focusing on the NFC East. And I'm not just trying to, as a fill-in hack, grab the lowest hanging fruit possible. Now, when I worked at NFL Network, and if you don't know who I am, I can't blame you, but I've at least hung on for, longer than my energetic delivery would suggest. But I found out quickly, as a co-host on that ill-fated morning show, we used to do four hours every day. I'll put it this way. If you enjoy a tremendous program like Good Morning Football, based in New York City, that show exists because a ragtag bunch of hosts and producers came to work every day at midnight After getting up at 10 p.m. local time, went on the air at 3 o'clock in the morning, did four hours every day. So I learned a lot about myself, my temperament, and how the National Football League views its product. And whenever we had an editorial decision to make, we went with, you guessed it, the NFC East. Why? Because this is broadcasting. And people react to marquee teams and stars. But it's not just a knee-jerk, okay, as a fill-in host, break the glass, grab the handbook, and all right, you're panicking, talk about Dallas. There are many legitimate reasons to believe in this division. Again, just think back to last year. Three playoff teams with the much-improved Giants winning a playoff game. In fact, all three teams won a playoff game. You know about the Eagles going all the way to the Super Bowl. But it is interesting, given the undulations that we've seen in the NFC East, and a lot of down years, but we always had to endure those teams in primetime slots because of the market size of New York and Washington and Philly, and because of the transcendent brand of the Cowboys. NFC East has not had a team repeat as division champs since 2005, Now, that's balanced by the division having the most Super Bowls won since the merger, but that's also the longest streak of any division, not that back-to-back champs. So, initially, if you're just thinking off the top of your head, you go, okay, Philadelphia, right? Why wouldn't it be Philadelphia 
ending that streak? Well, not to be too much of a slave to the schedule, look at their schedule, coupled with, I'm a believer in Dallas, and I can't believe I'm saying that. It's hard for the words to come out of my mouth. I'll give you another current reference. I'm like Fonzie trying to apologize back in the day before he jumped the shark on happy days. I'm Cowboys? I believe in the Cowboys. I realize they have not even made it to the Super Bowl in, what, 27, 28 years? But if we're just talking coherent reasons to think this will be a team that at a minimum can make it to an NFC title game, which they have not done in the same duration, I don't think this is outlandish to come up with a cogent argument supporting the Cowboys. Now, I'll back up as a fill-in host, a former host of my own program on a variety of audio platforms. I have been the beneficiary of all of the comical decisions that Jerry Jones has made over the years. And again, when in doubt, bash the Cowboys because if I was a host who relied on phone calls, that's the easiest crutch. Just go after the Cowboys and the phones light up. I'm not doing that, nor have I done that in the past. Secondly, it's just a byproduct of logic and reason because this is the franchise that can't get out of its own way. Still, have you noticed it's been a largely drama-less summer for the Cowboys? Now, the Talking Head shows have come up with things to dissect because they have producers and that's their daily responsibility. But I have not seen the searing headlines of self-inflicted wounds that Dallas has created so many times over the years or an infatuation with, you pick it, Terrell Owens or any other free agent, at least for now. And I know the Trey Lance move was made, but I'm not going to fixate on that because I don't think Trey Lance is a threat to Dak Prescott on any level fully being aware that Dak is getting closer to the next round of contract negotiations. Jerry overpaid. You could even hear it in the way that Kyle Shanahan talked about it, that they were pleasantly surprised they got a fourth-round pick for among the biggest swings and misses we've ever seen in draft analysis. I got a lot of respect for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, they completely blew it on Trey Lance, giving up three number ones to get up to number three, and he's already gone. And I'm not bashing Trey. It's not his fault. He could not stay healthy and get wildly pipped by Brock Purdy, of all people. I, I root for comeback stories. I've had second, third, fourth chances professionally and personally. I'd like to see Trey at least get reps. Problem is, depending on where things go with the depth chart, he might still be behind Cooper Rush, as was the case in San Francisco, where he was no better than the third, possibly the fourth-string quarterback, behind Hall of Famer Brandon Allen. So good for Trey. He's got a shot. But other than that media-contrived controversy, Dallas has been buttoned up. And if the worst thing I can say about the Cowboys is that Micah Parsons, who, small sample size, I'll pump the brakes, but is showing early on 
He's going to wind up in Canton, Ohio. If he can stay healthy, he's that impactful. You know you watch these games. I found a quote from Micah Parsons saying, every year that he's been there, the last couple of years, they've got a little bit better, better. And here's the quote. Now I'm hoping we ain't got to make no small jump to the MC title game and then go home. I'm hoping we go all the way. Okay. That's not exactly Joe Willie Namath coming up with a Super Bowl guarantee Getting set to shock the world against the Baltimore Colts. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. 844-204-7424, the phone number. Social media is the best way to get at me. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. 30 minutes from now, we talk baseball on Labor Day because it's the last call for the regular season. We're within 30 days of the postseason. This has been a wildly entertaining baseball season in large part because of the pitch clock. I am so happy to have read that report that the league is not going to tinker with anything connected to the pitch clock. It'll be the same pitch clock when you get to the postseason because why would you? It's working. We'll talk about all of that when we check in with Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. But back to the Cowboys, they have not stepped on any of the verbal landmines that they typically have created in the past. I like what they've done on both sides of the football. That secondary already won the best in the league, led by Trayvon Diggs. Well, they got experience to bolster things on the back end with Stephon Gilmore. Brandon Cooks isn't going to blow you away, but more depth in the receiving core. Tony Pollard was terrific with his versatility last year. The one running back we didn't talk about going through franchise tag drama because he took the money. Tony Pollard thinking $10 million and change is really good coin in the modern NFL. And Dak, if you are a Dak fan, you're going to tell me, and I laid this out in the first hour of the program, but the audience is always changing, especially on a holiday, Going to the default position that, well, it can't be as bad as last year, really is not penetrating analysis. That could be worse than last year. Because remember, the 15 interceptions that he threw came while missing five games with a broken thumb. And nobody wants to see a frontline starter miss time due to injury. So let's project and hope that Dak can play a full season just from a standpoint of being an interested viewer. Well, if he plays the whole schedule, he's got a real chance to have more than 15 interceptions. As much as you can break down the film and tell me that he was the victim of tips and caroms, Dak was a turnover machine. Can he clean that up? I think just look at the body of work. Regression to the mean, if you want to get statistical. History tells us he will not be as giveaway-prone But Dak has also thrown some big interceptions in big spots. The defense already mentioned Parsons and Diggs and a pro bowler in Demarcus Lawrence. That's why I believed in Dallas the last few years until they gave me reasons to yell at my TV, namely the last play of their last two playoff games, coincidentally both coming against the San Francisco 49ers, Both drawn up by Mike McCarthy. And here's where the Cowboys lose my enthusiasm. I was talking earlier as we were going through teams that could take the next step this year that 
I love the personnel of the Chargers, but I have issues with Brandon Staley. Just go back a couple years ago. He had a tie in front of him against the Raiders. Tie means you're going to the playoffs. He butchered that. And do I have to go through every bit of the grisly fallout from one of the worst playoff catastrophes we've ever seen that collapsed on the road in Jacksonville last year? Somehow, Brandon, who's a good guy, I am not getting personal here. I just have major problems with his approach to decision-making. He's still employed, mostly because the Spanos family is cheap, and he had time left on his contract. But since they paid Justin Herbert because they had to, and now they've imported Kellen Moore, feels like Moore is the coach in waiting. But to connect it to Dallas, Moore leaving means Man Mountain Mike McCarthy is the play caller. Well, if you've been watching football for more than 10 minutes, Remember the last time Mike was Xing and Oing? Go back to Green Bay when he had Aaron Rodgers in his prime. And I like Dak, but he wasn't playing at the level of Aaron Rodgers at any point in his career prior to this year. Mike McCarthy only got one Super Bowl out of Aaron Rodgers when he was at the top of his game, in part because Mike McCarthy, as a play caller, runs an offense that feels like it's 1988. So I have concerns about that. We'll find out when we get to that highly anticipated week one matchup between the Cowboys and the Giants renewing their rivalry. But just to finish my thought on Dallas's conclusion to the last two years, both against the 49ers, at home, no home field advantage when it came to Mike imploding. Remember, with time a-wasting, no timeouts, what does he call? Dak, draw up the middle. Tick, tick, tick. I won't do the full Chris Berman. And time runs off the clock. So he's got a whole year to come up with something more novel, more creative, with a game on the line, again, don't you know, against the 49ers, this time in the San Francisco Bay Area. And what does Mike do? He runs a version of the swinging gate. Mike, it's not that hard. Get out of your own way. But I think he was threatened by Kellen Moore. And why have your replacements in your building? And Jera somehow believes what Mike is selling. Mike must be the best salesperson in sports because he talked his way into that job and and somehow felt like he had leverage because the Cowboys finally won a road playoff game for the first time in decades. Kellen Moore becomes expendable. McCarthy fires the majority of the coaching staff Remember, he didn't have a say when they were hired because he was so desperate to take the job. Said, whatever you want, Jerry. Okay, Mike, this is your moment. You've got the keys, but you're not behind the wheel of a Ferrari like with Aaron Rodgers. This is much more of a functional team. Not in a bad way with Dak. There are just limitations. So that's what I need to see. As for the Eagles, remember, that defense was historic last year. As much as I was... Propping up Dallas, Eagles had 70 sacks last year. Maybe not as dominant with Javon Hargrave going to the Niners. Think about that addition to one of the best front sevens in the entire NFL. But because Howie Roseman knows where the talent is, he continues to go back to Georgia. And in the draft, which he should have had his war room between the hedges in Athens, went with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. So I think the Eagles 
don't take a massive step back, and I'm certainly gratified that Jalen Hurts got paid. He deserves it. Schedule gets tougher. I think Dallas will be better with the season on the line. I'll go with the Eagles. But I think it's going to be tighter in that division than a lot of people think. I am not as sold on the Giants. And as I glance at the clock, I'm not going to get to Washington, nor should I. I just wonder what Ron Rivera is doing, saying all the quiet parts out loud. Maybe he's just so filled with euphoria not to be working for Dan Snyder anymore. But it was baffling when he talked about Eric Bieniemy's intensity and then had a conversation with Albert Breer. He used to work at NFL Network. Now does a fine job for the MMQB.com. Basically saying, like, who knew how good Sam Howell could be? Well, Ron, you're the head coach. Shouldn't you have known? Especially when your QB 1 and 2 were Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke? So Ron is not covering himself in glory with some of these statements. So I'll leave Washington out of it. But as we wrap it up, my issue with the Giants comes down to how much are you buying Daniel Jones? And I realize now he's got a lot more help at the receiving core. And I'll include tight end there with Darren Waller. Great pickup from the Raiders. As has been demonstrated, I'll get back to it coming up in less than seven minutes. I watch a ton of college football. Jalen Hyatt was a playmaking sensation with Tennessee. Good addition for the Giants using a third-round pick on him. Saquon Barkley, healthy, looking to get paid, so highly motivated. Remember, Barkley was the Giants' leading receiver last year. Won't have to carry that kind of load this year. My question is, can Daniel Jones do it again? Brian Dable coached him up, but we have seen one-year wonders throughout the NFL repeatedly, and I don't have to. Just as a fill-in guy, I don't have to do anything because most of you won't hear me again for months. But as an objective observer, I don't have to say, let's buy the gold jacket for Dandy Dimes based on one year. I need to see more. And the Giants play much, much tougher schedule than they did last year. Went to their credit. They went on the road and beat Minnesota and defied expectations. But to put a bow on this, if you are tired of the NFC East conversation, I got bad news. You're going to hear a lot more of it because of the quality of that division. I think Philadelphia finds a way, and at last, for the first time since 2005, although they'll be pushed by the Cowboys, the most competitive division in North American team sports, as Mike Tarico once said on Monday Night Football, I'll steal that line. Philly should go back-to-back in the MCEs for the first time since 2005. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. Last call for phone calls, 844-204-7424. More interaction is possible on social media. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. In 20 minutes, we talk baseball with Joe Sheehan of the Baseball Newsletter. I'll ask him how he anticipates the Dodgers and MLB reacting to the news that broke about 40 minutes ago. TMZ reporting the Dodger pitcher Julio Urias has been arrested and charged with felony domestic violence. That occurred last night. Straight ahead, a little more college football. Beyond Dion Mania, more takeaways from a monster weekend on campus. But with the ACC expansion news on Friday, with an ACC matchup tonight, Monday Night College Football coming up, Duke and number 9 Clemson, are we seeing effectively the end of the sport as we know it? Yes, 
I'm getting deep and I'm going dire as a fill-in host, but I'm in a good frame of mind because it's always a blast to be in for Rich. I'm Brian Weber. We continue on a Labor Day edition of The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Brian Weber back with you. Sad news connected to Smash Mouth. I'll give you the details coming up in a moment. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. I am sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk. Furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by because no program handles the intersection of sports and entertainment better than the Rich Eisen show. I mentioned, saw the sad news that broke about an hour ago confirming the passing of Steve Harwell, former lead singer of Smash Mouth. He's passed away at the age of 56. NBC News reporting. Cause of death, acute liver failure. 56, way too young. And if you think about the body of work of Steve and Smash Mouth, so connected to sports, Hey Now You're an All-Star was the anthem of just about every marquee sporting event for a long time. And on a personal note, I know the group is from San Jose, so I was aware of them when I was working in the San Francisco Bay Area as a young broadcaster back in the mid-90s. Very sad news. Steve Harwell gone way too young at the age of 56. We will keep this concise because I am talking baseball. Now, you might think, hey, 
whoever you are. And I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen with our final half hour on the docket here. Rich and the fellows back tomorrow with all the fallout from a monster sports weekend. You can have a conversation with me after the program on social media. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. I'm talking baseball for two reasons. Baseball is relevant beyond the economics. Somebody is watching these games. Somebody's going to these games. And the product is much more appealing this year because of the pitch clock and other rule changes. So... As much as the NFL drives everything and crushes all that is in front of its path, there are a lot of you who still care about baseball, and there are good elements to examine. And we'll do it coming up in less than 15 minutes when we check in with Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter, and we'll get his reaction to the breaking news that occurred in the last hour of the program. TMZ reporting, other outlets confirming Dodger pitcher Julio Arias arrested last night on charges of felony domestic violence. Gotta believe it's only a matter of time before the Dodgers. I think they'll go first. Then baseball will announce the immediate indefinite suspension. And unless these charges are dropped, and remember, presumption of innocence still is foremost in this country. But if the legal system now has to play out, a real possibility Julio has pitched for the last time this year, and he's heading into a free agent year. So that's another factor to be mindful of. Why don't I give you my thoughts on the overall landscape of college football? Because I feel like, and maybe because I was so happy to have football to watch, I've been getting really granular. I've been giving you stats. I've been breaking down games, and I got a lot of material handed to me. Deion Sanders was absolutely incredible as a galvanizing force, a recruiter, and his players showed up. And I guess we should have believed more in Coach Prime, although my mental hurdle to get over was, could you really integrate 75 new players that quickly? And the answer definitively was yes. Although, as Pete Futak from collegefootballnews.com pointed out, and I independently passed along those thoughts to open the show, TCU's defense gave up a ton of points last year on their way to appearing Improbably in the national title game, and they lost a lot of guys to the NFL. Still, no asterisk. It's all about Coach Prime with a game that's going to be hyped like the Super Bowl coming up on Saturday, his home debut in Boulder. Matt Rule has to be wondering now, no need for GoFundMe based on the money he got both to Carolina and now to take his talents to Nebraska. But Huskers had that game won. Up seven, less than three minutes to go on the road in Minnesota on Thursday, and they Nebraska it away in part because of four turnovers. But as I think about, say, Nebraska and where they are as a program, as I was dating myself as a young, I've dated myself many times as a young broadcaster when I was appreciating Smash Mouth back in the day in the mid 90s when life was more straightforward without social media. When I was a kid, Nebraska never lost. Now, I'm not going back to Johnny Rogers' 74, the game of the century, Oklahoma, Nebraska, but Nebraska was a thoroughly dominant program, guided by Dr. Tom Osborne. Everything changed when they went to the Big Ten, and the recruiting became much more of a challenge. Now, you literally need a scorecard and a map as we prepare for this final year 
of college football as we know it to ascertain who was playing where starting next season. And I will not overwhelm you with histrionics as a fill-in guy, but I care about this stuff. Now, that's sad. One of these years, I'm going to get a life. Now, the problem for Rich is going to be, potentially, I wouldn't be available on a holiday. He'll figure it out. But the reason that I bury you with so much detail and so many strong opinions is, again, sadly, this is the second most important thing in my life, arguably the most important thing in my life. And I was the luckiest fella in the world to get a break as a very young announcer because of college sports. So this is my passion. I'm still deeply invested in college sports. If you want to watch a soccer doubleheader with conditions projected to be about 102 degrees on Sunday, opposite the NFL in Tucson, I'm your guy on Pac-12 Network. But let's take my own bias aside. And by the way, call me Big 12 Bry as of next year. I'm going to be fine. I can work for three conferences now. I can work for the ACC in the Bay Area. I can work for the Big Ten here in L.A. I can work for the Big 12 in Arizona. Money's going to be rolling in, although streaming pays nothing. But at some point, can we just acknowledge what has happened here? This is abject greed. That's all it is. Now, it works because the product is so compelling. College football is the best And quantity is quality when you ride these games all weekend long with Duke and Clemson coming up tonight. But the ACC becoming the all-coast conference, adding Stanford, California, and SMU makes no freaking sense. I know why it happened, and I'll be transparent. I am a Stanford grad. My alma mater has a $36 billion endowment. They're just fine. I thought they should have gone independent. They desperately wanted to be part of a legitimate conference for the teams that matter foremost, women's basketball and the Olympic sports in which we as an alum shine. We're now asking these student athletes, and they actually go to class at Stanford, to fly to Chapel Hill and Tallahassee to play a volleyball match. It makes no freaking sense. But Stanford and Cal are joining the conference At a 30% rate, SMU is joining for free for a handful of years, and the rest of the ACC is going to make more money because they added three more teams. So I don't have to go through my normal hand-wringing because I want to appreciate the games as they are played. College football is the best. There's nothing superior to a college football Saturday, but the system is fundamentally broke. And unfortunately, I think it's only going to get worse when we move to probably two super conferences with the SEC and the Big Ten running the show. Coming up, we wrap it up with Gusto. The goal was to talk about baseball on the diamond. We will do that and we'll get reaction to the breaking news this morning here on the West Coast. Afternoon, wherever you might be listening. Dodgers pitcher Julio Urias Arrested last night on charges of felony domestic violence. We're talking baseball next with Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Brian Weber, back with you. Always a blast to sit in for Rich, try to... Build momentum for his return tomorrow. Rich and the fellas back with you with the fallout from this busy sports weekend. Let's wrap it up with style points. Always a pleasure to talk baseball with Joe Sheehan. Be sure to check out the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. Become a subscriber by heading over to joesheehan.com. Joe, thanks for taking the time. How are you on this Labor Day? The, the USC Trojans are 2-0, Brian. I'm doing great. Fight on, pal. Did I mention I went to graduate school there? I'll do that rant as well. Who do I call to get that money back, Joe? But unfortunately, I got to transition to the serious breaking news. So initially it was TMZ. Now confirmation from the LAPD, the Dodger pitcher, Julio Arias, arrested last night on charges of felony domestic violence. The Dodgers issuing a statement. They're aware of these developments. Let's just take a step back and think about things administratively. Is it safe to presume that the Dodgers now will suspend Urias as they gather more information based on other precedents? Well, based on the precedent of Trevor Bauer, the Dodgers will probably let the league handle this. The Dodgers were reluctant to take the Trevor Bauer situation into their own hands and kind of let the league place Bauer on administrative leave a couple of years ago. I expect the Dodgers will, will pass the buck again today. This is not a vague situation. A lot of times we have these incidents with players and it's not clear what happened. The L.A. police have charged him and they charged him with a felony. Uh, I don't think there's any question MLB will place him on administrative leave. I would be shocked if Urias pitched again the rest of 2023, including the playoffs, and we'll see what happens after that. But I think as far as from a baseball standpoint, Julio Urias' season is over. And I think like all of us, we hope that you know his partner, who he uh, reportedly, allegedly abused, gets the help she needs. Thank you so much. I appreciate the context. And now I have to make the tough transition to matters on the field. And the original reason I wanted to reach out to you, in part, hinged on what I watched here in Southern California with that potential playoff preview between the Braves and the Dodgers. Atlanta won 3-4. Joe, if these teams meet, say, in the National League Championship Series, 
any reasons to believe that L.A. could be more successful other than, say, the randomness of what happens in a short postseason series? Yeah, I, I think the Dodgers, you know, can put together a staff. I mean, Julio Arias, even if they don't have him, you know, he hadn't been the star he was in recent seasons. I think they can replace him with, you know, some combination of Ryan Pepio and maybe Walker Bueller if he comes off the aisle. It's a loss, but it's not a devastating one. Um, the Dodgers have been faking their pitching staff for what feels like three years now. Uh, you know, when Clayton Kershaw is not healthy, they do it. When Clayton Kershaw is healthy, they do it. We saw Bobby Miller pitch well last night. I think he's going to be an important part of that playoff rotation. Uh, you know, Dave Roberts has a lot of experience assembling a staff on the fly. And if the Dodgers, I should say when the Dodgers, uh, get to October, it's not going to look like a traditional uh, postseason playoff rotation with three starters going six innings and then turning it all through the bullpen. It's going to be a lot of mix and match and tandeming. And losing Arias doesn't really change that for the Dodgers. I do think they can beat the Braves, though, as I say, you know, this weekend, a playoff preview, the Braves, the Braves looked excellent. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. We're taking you across the bigs with Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. Joe, this has become the most angel season ever with the misery continuing with Shohei Otani's elbow injury. Where do you come out on Otani continuing to play as a DH despite being shut down on the mound for the rest of the year? I think it's his choice. I mean, remember, he played the year after he had Tommy John surgery. He played that whole year without being a pitcher while getting coming back from surgery. And he came back as a pitcher eventually, and he was very effective for two and a half seasons. So I think as long as he wants to play, you have to – uh, let him do it. I think if you're the Angels, obviously you get the benefit of him playing and bigger crowds showing up to watch him for the final month of, uh, of his being an Angel. Uh, I give Otani a certain amount of credit, too. I mean, it would be easy for him to say, you know what, I've got a torn UCL, I've got a free agency coming up, the sooner I have my Tommy John surgery, the sooner I can get back on the mound. And he's not doing that. He's going out on the field at personal risk, at potential financial risk, and playing the games. I think you've got to give Otani a lot of credit for that. And playing at a high level, still leading the bigs in terms of power production, most home runs in all of baseball. So as we were already, every time I chatted with you heading into the trade deadline, speculating about the future of Otani near term, and then talking about his looming free agency in the offseason, how do you think this elbow injury impacts Otani as a free agent? Well, you know in 2024 he's not going to pitch, so you're getting a one-way player. What we don't know is if whether that player is going to be a designated hitter or whether he's eventually going to translate into being an outfielder. And, you know, my feeling is that if Otani ever gave up pitching, he wouldn't be David Ortiz, he'd be Larry Walker. If you look at the skills that he has, he'd actually make a fantastic right fielder. So I don't know if he gets there in 2024. Does he decide that, okay, I've now had, you know, I've had to have Tommy John in a revision is the best thing for my career to be a one-way player. And now you're evaluating him as more or less what Aaron Judge was going into free agency last year. Uh, I think there's a lot of unknowns, Brian. I'd like to say I'd give you a great answer here, but some of this is going to come down to Otani, whether he wants to continue to try to be a two-way player starting in 2025, or if he accepts that, hey, look, this is as far as my elbow has let me go. Let me see what I can what what I can do whether I can transition to the outfield and be a superstar there. Well, it's certainly understandable to have ambiguity because we have not seen a player like this since, dare I say, Babe Ruth. You mentioned Aaron Judge, Yankees on track to have their first losing season since '92. Brian Cashman has already described it on the record as a disaster. 
from where you're watching games, how much of what we've seen go wrong for the Yankees is, is on Cashman for assembling this roster and how much of it is on the players? I think Cashman made mistakes in the last few years. If you look at the, the second signing of DJ LeMahieu, if you look at the trade for Josh Donaldson, it made the team older and carried a lot of aging risk, which we saw play out this year. You throw the Anthony Rizzo second deal on top of that as well. On balance, I think Brian Cashman is a well above average general manager. If you look at the pitching development and the player development of the Yankees, they've got a lot of top prospects. They can transition to the next team, which will have been built in large part by Cashman. Let's not forget, Cashman is also responsible for one of the most successful free agent signings in memory in Garrett Cole. So there are a lot of positive marks on his ledger. Uh, I do think he deserves at least another year to see if he can navigate this transition to the Volpe Dominguez Yankees to play along with Judge and some of the other ones. I also think we've got to look at Hal Steinbrenner here. You know, there this isn't George Steinbrenner paying whatever he would have paid, not paying as much into revenue sharing, not having to worry about a luxury tax threshold. Hal Steinbrenner is working under a much different set of rules than his father did. And he's going to have to either show a certain willingness to pay more money and pay some luxury tax to get through this transition, or some of the blame for what people are winning Cashman for actually should be on Hal. Joe, since you mentioned you think Cashman gets another year, how about Aaron Boone? Uh, I don't think Boone has necessarily lost his job again this is one bad year that and it's a bad year that's going to end up being with a 500-ish team I think we've got to understand that the standards are a bit skewed I will say that the next year's Yankees are going to look different because of all these young players Boone was hired to manage a fairly veteran-laden team um, maybe you want to bring somebody with a little more of a development background to run this team I would be more I think you can better justify letting Boone go and bringing in a new manager than letting Cashman go which is not saying Boone should be fired. It's just saying it is more of a case for doing it, given what the Yankees are going to be trying to do here in the next year or two. Joe, always a pleasure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk baseball on a day in which every other show is going all football all the time. I mentioned the terrific Joe Sheehan baseball newsletter. I love when I throw out this question. You give me the predictable answer. I'll do it again. What are listeners going to get if they subscribe to the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter by going to joesheehan.com. Yeah, I'm the only person who covers baseball in September and October anymore. I'm literally the only person. <laughs> you go to ESPN Sports Illustrated Fox. I'm the last guy covering baseball. So if you miss baseball, I'm the guy to read. No, no. I'm doing the newsletter now for 14. Go ahead, Brian. No, no, Joe, you, you're supposed to say I, I put a lot of words about baseball in a newsletter. You gave me that the last two times when so I've been trying to plug you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just, I, I've read about the game for 25 years starting. It was one of the guys who started Baseball Prospectus. And then I've written for SI, the New York Times, pretty much everywhere. A lot of places that don't have sports sections anymore. Uh, but now I write the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. It's a subscription newsletter. It was one of the first ones out there. Go to joesheehan.com. Get a real good sense of what I do. Uh, some excerpts from pieces, some full pieces. There's a whole bunch of free content from the archives you can check out. If you enjoy the game, if you enjoy reading about the game, I think you'll enjoy the newsletter. joesheehan.com. Beautiful, and we just established it's the only place to get MLB news and analysis for the next 60 days. Joe, thanks for taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Look forward to chatting you, chatting with you when we get to the playoffs. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. I'm glad he got more well-versed in self-promotion because I want people to know about the outstanding content. And the last couple times when I talked to Joe on July 4th and just prior to the trade deadline heading into August, he said, well, Brian, it's a lot of words about baseball comprised in a newsletter.
Look, you don't have to be as much of a shill as yours truly is, but in a tough economy, in a $5 billion channel universe, you better get eyeballs coming your way. Who does it better than Rich? Think about all the platforms this program exists on and all of the different outlets that Rich appears on. You're going to catch him on Westwood One on Thursday, part of NFL kickoff. Oh, football is back. It feels so good. It'll be the reigning Super Bowl champs of Kansas City taking on the vastly improved, we believe, based on what they did at the end of last year. Detroit Lions, I'll remind you, the Lions have one playoff win since the early 1990s, but I'm not going to step on their hype train. And Rich is back on this very program tomorrow. After all, it is the Rich Eisen Show. Enjoy the college football tonight. Feels good to have Monday Night Football, whether it's on campus or in a professional stadium. Duke is better than you think. If you've not been paying attention, and I keep revealing myself as a hardcore college football fan, Duke team that only had four losses last year. Mike Elko, longtime defensive mastermind. Uh, programs like Notre Dame, Texas A&M, got his first head coaching job in his early 50s, coached up the Blue Devils, nine wins last year, and you're going to enjoy quarterback Riley Leonard. Almost 3,000 yards in the year, 20 passing touchdowns last year, 700 on the ground, 13 more TDs, but Blue Devils are going to have to be at their very best. Here comes mighty Clemson, Dabo Sweeney's team. Perennially in the top 10, number nine to kick off this season. That game coming up under the lights in Durham, North Carolina. As always, many people to thank. Want to start with Rich Eisen, Bruce Gilbert, all the good people at Westwood One. Our excellent technical producer, Art Martinez. Our guests, Trevor Sykema, a pro football focus. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. My name is Brian Weber. Rich is back with you tomorrow. I'll talk with you Fingers crossed on Thanksgiving right here on The Rich Eisen Show.